Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are glad you are here. Glad you are joining us here on episode 203. And uh, today we have brought back Miss Melanie Diesel, who is uh, our co-host, who joins us for several episodes from time to time. And uh, she is back. Today we're going to be talking about all things demo videos. All right. We get a lot of questions about demo videos. Demo videos are very important for you as a speaker. So we're going to walk through some, we're going to walk through today best practices for demo video. We're going to walk through how to create your demo video if you don't have any footage. That's a question we get all the time. We're also going to talk through our best technical tips and software for creating your video, even if you're not a tech nerd. So a lot to get to here today. Now, before we get to all of that, we do have a free guide. If you have not checked out before, you definitely want to check out. It's a free guide with seven proven steps to finding and booking paid speaking engagements. Again, seven proven steps to finding and booking paid speaking engagements. And you can download that totally for free by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash guide. Again, that's thespeakerlab.com slash guide. Make sure that you check that out. All right, without any further ado, let's get right into it. Here's our uh, conversation with Melanie talking all about demo videos. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast today, joined once again by my lovely co-host, Miss Melanie Diesel. How are you today? Good, good. I'm glad to be back. These are my favorite. These are your people. We're here, all right? (laughs) Everybody always wants to know, where's Melanie? Bring Melanie back. Like, okay, fine. We'll bring Melanie back. You got it. You're here. Keep saying that. I know, I know. (laughs) All right, so today we're going to be talking about a question that we get oftentimes, which is all about demo videos. Now, this will also be called like sizzle reels and demo reels. Speaker reels, demo reels. Yeah, that's got a lot of weird terminology there. And in fact, one of the things we actually do here here at the Speaker Lab is for our elite students, we actually review demo videos and demo reels. So we see a lot of them. And in addition, I know that we've seen a lot of our colleagues as well. We've seen a few demo videos. We've seen quite a few. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say we're quite experts, but pretty dang close. We've seen we've seen the really, really good and the really we're not connoisseurs, so good. perhaps. We are connoisseurs of demo videos. So all right, so in this episode, we're gonna be talking about what ultimately makes a demo video great, right? And so even if you're someone who doesn't have a huge budget, you're just getting started, wherever you're at, or if you've got like, hey, I've got I remember I don't wanna say their name, but I remember someone's demo video. I think cost like, I want to say like 80 grand or something insane. Oh yeah. And it was like a full scale product. You know which one I'm talking about? I've seen some expensive ones. Yeah. Just high, high production value. Right. But I also think about my first demo video and I think yours too costs none dollars. Right. So zero dollars. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean (laughs) that you have to have spent a ton of money on your demo video. You can do it well. You can do it with excellence by working with what you got. So we're going to talk through that. Now we talked a little bit about this way back in episode 56 with, uh, on how to create a demo video with Wes wages. And Wes is a guy who shot and edited my current demo video, not my original one that I 
did for free with myself. But Wes is extremely knowledgeable whenever it comes to uh, to video. So definitely check out episode 56. Now, first of all, let's start by talking about what exactly is a demo reel, demo video, sizzle, real speaker, whatever. All right. So give us right. a little definition. What, what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, regardless of what you ultimately call this thing, the the point of this reel is to show that you're comfortable, confident, and well-spoken on stage. You want to give someone a slight taste of your message, right? Give them a sense of what it is you speak about. But really, you're just trying to help any event bookers, event organizers see that you're a really good fit for their audience and that you're an experienced speaker, right? Like that's the idea. The same way that a movie trailer is designed to make you want to go see that movie, not by giving you a two-minute excerpt, but by giving you the best, the the funny lines, the explosions, the chase scenes, all the best parts of it to make you think, man, I want more of that and I'm willing to pay money to get more of that. If a speaker's demo video has explosions and chase scenes, that's the kind of speaker I want to book. I want to see that play out. I don't know what the insurance policy looks like for an event with that, but I think it's going to be exciting. It could be fun either way. So one of the things you also want to make sure that you you show, and we're going to dig into this more, is who's the audience, right? So ultimately, a, a demo video is designed to be viewed by a potential client who are interested in hiring you for a speaking gig. So event bookers, programming directors, conference organizers, principals, pastors, HR managers, etc. You want to make sure that your video is representing the type of topic and the type of audience that you would actually be speaking to. So for example, a lot of the speaking that I did early on in my career was for high school students. So that was really what my demo video was about. Then I started transitioning and doing some more speaking in more of a corporate audience, right? So having a video of me speaking to a bunch of 16, 17, 18 year olds does not necessarily translate to me speaking to a bunch of corporate people, right? So you, I made that's part of the reason I had a totally separate demo video. So you want to make sure that your video represents who it is that you're speaking to and what it is that you're talking about. Because like you kind of mentioned too, you want to make sure that the when someone's watching it, that they have a sense of like, okay, this is what it would be like to hire you. You know, so think about like a from right. a movie trailer perspective, if you watch a movie trailer on some type of, I don't know, comedy romance movie or something and then you go see it and it's like the sci-fi western you're like wait a minute that's not what i signed up for and so you want to make sure that again the the video is representing not only the topic but also the audience that you're wanting to speak to Yeah, the audience thing is key because for a lot of us, the people we speak to when we step on stage is not the same person we are pitching to when we are trying to get books. So when you were speaking to students, your demo reel was designed for what? Principals, right? Sort of like I don't know, whoever's in charge of the district for schools, perhaps, right? Like that's who your demo reel was designed for or corporate when you made that transition. You weren't trying to condense your entire talk into two minutes to show the kids of that school, right? So there's they're different. Remember that the audience you're pitching to may not be the same as the audience you're speaking to and your demo reel is designed for the audience you pitch to, not necessarily the audience you speak to. Right. Another thing to remember too, just in big picture whenever it comes to your demo video is remember this is not a resume. You're not giving your life story. You're not sharing all your credentials, right? Again, think about back to the movie trailer. You got about two, three minutes or so to show just some highlights, make the audience want to see more. It's not, okay, let's tell you the background of how this movie came to be. And let's introduce you to all the different characters. And it's just like real snippet shots to again, make people want to see more. And part of this, you want to think about people's own attention span. Like, I don't know about you, Mel, but when I go to a YouTube video or something on Vimeo or whatever, the first thing I look at is in the lower corner there of the timestamp of how long is this thing, right? And if I look at it and it's like a 14 minute video, like that's an eternity in online video land. Like, no, thank you. I'm not going to do that. So you want to keep videos short. You want to keep videos tight. And so I'm sure we'll get into that more in a minute there. But again, you're giving people a little taste that makes them want to see more. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the key. Just a little taste. 
Just, but it better a, just be a, good a little take. bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> All right. So now that we know what a demo reel is, let's talk about the best speaker demo reels. What do they do? What don't they do? What do they include? What don't they include? We're going to dive right in. We've got a nice list here of sort of eight best practices to guide you on your path to creating your ultimate demo reel. All right. So number one, we're going to talk about, make sure that you show yourself in the proper context. And this is something, again, we kind of just touched on, but your video should show you speaking as you do professionally in the environment where you speak, in the context where you speak, creating a correct picture of the type of speaker that you are. So for example, if you speak in churches, you should be on the altar there at the pulpit. If you speak at startup conferences, you should be on a stage in sneakers, right? If you speak to uh, students about job skills, your video should be you in an auditorium or a gym with students, right? If you, if you're saying you're you're a conference keynote speaker and all your footage is of you in a tiny boardroom or a, a high school gym, you're sending a, a confusing message, right? It just doesn't align with what it is that you're trying to, to show and to represent. The other thing too, and this is a question we get oftentimes as people will say, well, I don't have any footage right now. So I have myself doing a podcast or myself doing a video interview or myself doing a, a Facebook live. Will that work? And again, you want to show yourself in the proper context, show yourself actually speaking to an audience. So you and I have a conversation here or doing a, uh, a video interview or doing a, even a Facebook live, it's just a different context than you actually right. speaking to an audience. So ideally, you really want to show you speaking to an audience, not you talking about how you want, might speak to an audience or you know doing a, a media interview or, or some type of local TV thing or something like that. Think about it this way. If you rolled in to the mechanics shop and you were like, I need someone to fix my car. And this guy's like, man, I fixed a lot of lawnmowers. You can have faith in me. You'd be like, I don't know about you, sir. Can you actually do that? I know it's similar and right. I know they both have motors and I know that you clearly understand how tools work, but this is high stakes for me. This is an important thing for me. And I want to know that you have the exact kind of experience that I'm looking for. So, you know, you can't expect your event bookers to think of it any differently. They want to see that you can either get students excited or you can, you know, invigorate an audience of corporate folks who are inside of a boardroom, whatever it is that you say you do, they want to see you doing that. Right. In that context. All right. Exactly. Number two, uh, number two is to make sure that you show experience with diverse footage. So this is key because ultimately our, our video is a reflection of our experience. And so if, if the if it only includes for footage from, let's say, one talk based on a single outfit or background, it, maybe it looks like you've only done one talk. And so if you're starting out, this is something you can manufacture a little bit by even changing outfits and locations, venues, when you shoot footage yourself. And so I know for me, my first couple demo videos was mostly footage of me speaking in one setting in one place at one time. And in the beginning, that can work. One of the things I, I know we, we talk a lot about inside of our Booked and Paid to Speak training program is to work with what you've got and improve as you go. So in the beginning, you may have footage from one place, right? And so you put that together in a mm -hmm. demo video, but it's not the permanent video you're going to use forever and ever and ever. It's just a version. So I know at this moment, I've gone through, I think, six or seven different demo videos. And so you, again, you're, you're starting with something there and then you can start to add in. Another idea that I know you've done and we've talked a little bit about is layering in photos to kind of mix it up. How do, how do you use those? So, you know, as an example, footage, you know, video footage tends to be one of the harder things to come across or the more expensive things to set up when you're starting out. What you may have more access to is photos of you speaking on different stages in different environments. So if you've got footage from a single talk 
and you want to sort of create that illusion of experience while you're still waiting for additional footage, you can use the audio from that video that you, the one video that you do have, but layer photos of you from different gigs over the top of it so that the visual I see is, man, I'm hearing really powerful words in my ears and I'm seeing powerful visuals from different talks. It's a way for you to kind of fake it till you make it while you're still gathering all these assets while you're just starting out and maybe you don't have a ton of footage to work with. Cool. All right. So number one, show yourself in the proper context. Number two, show experience with diverse footage. What's number three, Mel? Number three is to mix it up. So I know this is going to sound similar to what we were just talking about, but this is really about visuals, right? So if someone is going to sit through several minutes, right? We've already said you don't get 14 minutes. You probably get one and a half to maybe three minutes. We really need to keep their attention. So there's a lot of things you can do to kind of help with this. You don't want it to just be a straight through talk, same, same perspective, same gig, but there are other ways to mix it up beyond using different footage. So think about making quick cuts, right? Moving from one clip to another fairly quickly. Don't give us a lot of dead space, right? Think about shifting the visuals. So like I said, using some videos and some photos showing different gigs. You can also mix up the angles, right? If all of your footage is shot from head on and it's just your face in the center and I'm just seeing that with different outfits on, it's going to feel very same, right? It's going to feel very monotonous. So if you can mix it up, we've got it shooting from far away, from the left, from the right, from the center. It kind of keeps things moving forward. It creates that feeling of movement and forward momentum. Um, and you might have other types of footage too. So like we talked about, you might throw in a quick clip from a TV interview or from a podcast interview or, you know, from some sort of interview that you've done again, just to vary it up, show us different perspectives, show us different environments. Like we said, it's like a movie trailer. It's not just a minute and a half clip of one scene from the mm. movie. You want to create that feeling of energy and momentum. And so far as it matches the tone of your talk by showing us all these different things and keeping our attention as we go quickly. Yeah. Another thing to go along with that would be our next one, number four, is music. And so music is a great way to up the production value of your video. It can really help set the tone, but it really shouldn't distract from what you're saying. So you want to make sure that it matches your, your personality and the topic. So if it's, you know, whether it's playful or serious or sad or energetic, you also want to make sure that you watch the volume to make sure it's not too loud. So this is something that we see oftentimes from some of the speaker videos that we review is that we're listening and we're having like really strained to hear the speaker over the music. So it should be almost kind of this background elevator music of yes it's nice yes it's a nice little touch but uh, it shouldn't be overbearing and shouldn't be to the point where it's overwhelming and it's hard to actually hear what the speaker is talking about yeah the other thing you want to do is be aware of any changes in the music that you choose so if you have this background music that has some sort of crescendo the music is rising it's getting faster if you're showing that while you're vocally telling a sad story, yeah, it's right. going to be this disconnect, right? So think about ways you can match your music to any on-screen action of you. If you're clapping or you're jumping or you're showing clap, clapping from the audience, matching those movements to the right mo you know, moments in your music is going to be really important for helping it feel really cohesive. And the other thing, obviously, is you want to fade it in at the start and fade it out at the end. So, you know, you don't just want a, a static right. level of music all throughout. You want to make sure that you're using it to your best advantage to kind of frame the start and end of the video. Is there any place where you've gone to get music? I know one place that I had gone for, let me look it up real quick, was um, Pond5. Pond5 has some stuff. P-O-N-D and then the number five dot com. And so the, a couple times that we've used some background music for ours um, has come from Pond5. I would have to see. I just actually bought some. I'm putting you on the spot there. Music recently. Yeah. Let's see. Forget the name of the place. The other thing too, to remember whenever it comes to music is again, make sure again, that it's not overbearing, but also make sure 
that I think that you have some type of music. It's it's crazy, like the power and the effect of music. So for example, we've seen several demo videos where the talk is good, the presentation's good, the video's fine, but it doesn't have any music. So it feels kind of, I don't know, it loses a bit of energy throughout it. So just yeah. adding something subtle, some type of instrumental something in the background, just again, adds a little element to it that kind of keeps the video a little bit more engaging. The place where I have purchased my music, I just discovered the name. It is Envato, E-N-V-A-T-O, Market. And they have a bunch of music, fairly low price. So it's not free music, but it's a fairly decent price to be able to find something that works for you. But yeah, I mean, the music can really just bring it to the next level. You know, Matt, I think the next time, you know, if you pay attention to it, the next time you're watching TV or watching a movie, just listen, there's almost always some sort of very subtle music that's that's matching the pacing that's moving things forward and you can really take your your video to the next level if you you find the right music and you you implement it properly number five show your audience interacting and reacting with you so remember ultimately you're being hired to impact an audience so if you demonstrate that in your demo video you've definitely got a leg up and this could be you know visual it could be auditory it could be ideally both so visually you might be able to show footage of the audience clapping or raising their hands or nodding or taking notes or participating in an, an act Activity, just something that shows them engaged with what it is that the what it is that you're doing. From an auditory perspective, you may have you know the sounds of clapping or laughter or gasping in surprise or people shouting something in response to a question or again some type of engagement or interaction. Now, one thing that you want to make sure that you do is to make sure that how you edit it so that whatever it is that you're including there is in context. And it's not just like, I'm telling a sad story and all of a sudden everyone's clapping. It's like, (laughs) wait, wait, what just happened there, right? Another thing too is like if if you're telling a joke, right? You want to make sure that if you're just showing the the 10 seconds with the punchline, that the joke makes sense on its own. And it's not the type of thing that is is going to be popping up later and people are like, wait, why is everyone laughing? Like, what just happened? So make sure you include that. And again, I know we'll, we'll touch on that more in a second. Excellent. So number five was show your audience interaction. Number six is to stay speaking focused. Don't overdo it with documentary and B-roll. I know it's really hard, especially if you're at a point where you're like, I've got to set out and record some of this stuff special just for my my video. And you feel like this is the full documentary of my life as a speaker, right? It's really common for bigger speakers, especially to include some kind of non- stage footage, right? They might have footage of them getting ready or getting mic'd up, walking to the venue, shaking hands with attendees. And to some degree, that stuff can be very, very useful, right? Again, it's showing the showing the event organizer that you are a professional, that you can interact with their audience. And all of that is great, but it should be like most things in life, right? Used in moderation. I think if you've got a little too much of this or there's a little too much voiceover, especially if you're a new speaker and you're starting out and you're not quite at that celebrity status, it's overdoing it just a bit. It can kind of be a little too much fluff and not enough of the meat, right? That, that they need to see you on stage. If you've only got a minute and a half of their attention, you know, and you're a new speaker, you want to be showing them how powerful you are on stage, the mastery of your craft, and don't spend a ton of time showing them how you get ready in the morning and what you have for breakfast. (laughs) Two minutes of me fixing my hair is not that (laughs) exciting of a video. And so another thing too, along those same lines is that I've seen some demo videos. I know you've seen them as well of people that are just doing a lot of like talking to the camera and hey my name's grant i'm a nice guy you should have me come speak and here's why <laughs> and like all that kind of stuff is like yes there's like pieces of that but again ultimately you're being hired uh, to give a presentation that's what people want to see they don't it's okay to have a few b-roll clips and documentary style clips of telling your life story or you know if, especially if it's something like really really key to your presentation
presentation or your talk, but you just don't want to spend too much time just directly addressing the camera about you, uh, your your life, your speaker, your speaking career and all that type of stuff. People don't want to see you just, like you said, getting prepped. They want to see you actually do the thing that you're being hired to do. Right. One of the things that I draw on all the time is, you know, my background as a journalist, we were always taught show, don't tell. So if you have to sit there and tell the camera, I am a great speaker, audiences love me, I'm super compelling, you've got an issue, which is you're not showing it, you're telling it. And that kind of brings us to number seven in our list of best practices here, which is you should include video testimonials. One of the things that I see in a lot of speaker reels of new speakers is they sort of will just put text on screen that's like an amorphous endorsement, right? Mm -hmm. That says like the best speaker ever, the most compelling audiences love them, you know, and without any context for where those are coming from, it almost sounds like you're saying it yourself. And that doesn't come across great, right? right? So one of the easiest ways you can punch up your video and really help achieve your purpose of showing your impact is to include video testimonials. So this could be from attendees or organizers. It's a really great way for you to add them into your video in moderation, again, probably more toward the end to just give a little bit of context for how other people have reacted to you on stage, show the event bookers that either I will be as happy as this booker or my audience is gonna be as happy as this person. I think one of the key things here though is they have to be authentic. If you are scripting these things out and someone is like, I'm Bill and I have seen Grant speak and it was amazing. He was the best speaker I have ever seen. Like nobody's buying it. Nobody's buying it, Bill. Bill, that's not gonna work, Bill. That's not gonna work. (laughs) Go, Go back home, Bill. Thanks for thanks for trying, Bill, but uh, it's not not doing the job here. So, if you're going to get these, you got to let people speak from the heart. You got, you know, they are not professional speakers. Keep that in mind. The event booker is not going to expect them to be perfect and polished as they will of you. So, let them speak from the heart. Let them say something about the way you've impacted them, and that'll be more powerful than scripting it and trying to make it be perfect and not feel real. Let's recap where we're at before we get to number eight here. Number one, show you in the proper context. Number two, show experience with diverse footage. Number three, mix it up so you have different types of cuts and angles. Number four is adding in music. Number five is showing the audience in interaction and reacting. Number six is staying focused on speaking. Don't overdo all the documentary B-roll type stuff. Number seven, including video testimonials. And then number eight is going to make sure that you connect all the dots. Don't leave us hanging because sometimes because we're editing and we know all of the content, we know the talk itself, then it's easy to leave out like details or clips that all of a sudden makes the entire presentation or makes the video feel disjointed. It makes it feel confusing. And people are like, wait, what? I'm like, I guess if I was in the audience, I would understand what this clip was about, but I have no idea what you're talking about. So a couple things to watch out for. So for example, conjunctions, you know, so taking all the way back to like high school English class, but conjunctions are going to be those transition words and, but, and, or, uh, where we need like both halves of the statements in order for it to make sense. So you definitely don't want to end a clip on a conjunction or Exactly like that. That's what happens. That's what happens. I see this so often. And I think most often when this happens, it's it's an editing error, right? You, yeah. You've got a fraction of a second you need to cut. Yeah, but if you say, there are two things I've learned since I became a speaker. The first is never say this. The second, and then it just changes to another clip. like, I need to know. I need to know both things. I'll never know now. Right. You know, so watch out. Watch out for those things where you kind of leave us hanging just grammatically by having 
and, but, or, and you kind of like leave midway through a sentence. It can be artfully edited to make it, you know, stand on its own, but just make sure you're not, not leaving us wondering what comes next. Yeah. Another one would be like referencing to, you know, something vague like it, you know, if you say, I, I couldn't believe it, the viewers like, what? what is what is it? I believe it. I, but what do wait? What is it? What are we talking about here? So <laughs> those type of things, uh, references to people. So if you say, you know, I told her, make sure the audience know who her is. Again, like we talked about earlier, as it as it relates to like a joke or a story of if you're just delivering the punchline because that got the biggest reaction, but people miss out on the setup watching it out of context, like. I don't, I see everyone laughing. I have no idea why that's funny though. So make sure they have the full context of whatever, whatever it is that you're, you're talking about. Yeah. And I think one of the, the easiest things to do is to get a second set of eyes on your right. demo reel. Right. And that's why it's important. It's part of what we do, you know, in booked and paid to speak because you know, all of your stories, you know, all of the punchlines, you know, all of these things. So it's easy for you to forget. It's easy for you to real, to forget that the audience doesn't know who, who she is in this story or doesn't know what it is that you're referring to. So all of these different things by having just a, a fresh set of eyes, whether it's your partner or your friend or, you know, a fellow speaker who can take a peek for you, you know, it's going to make a big difference to identify some of those gaps that may be a blind spot for you because you know your whole talk already. Now, before we wrap up, one of the questions that we get a lot is, okay, what do I do though if I don't have any footage? And this feels like kind of this chicken egg situation. I, I need footage in order to get bookings and I need bookings in order to get footage. So what do I do in those situations? So a couple of ideas. One would be that you could speak at some local event for free. And this could be this could be maybe you're speaking at a friend's event or you're speaking at a, you know, a local rotary club or chamber of commerce or a local church or something along those lines or school where the whole point is just to speak at something just to get footage. Remember, this is not like the end all be all. I'm just trying to get some footage. Another option is that you could host your own event, right? And by host your own event, I don't necessarily mean that you, you know, I'm going to put together this full-scale conference and rent out some fancy ballroom or anything like that. It may just be as simple as I'm going to I'm going to be speaking and I'm going to have, you know, five or 10 friends come sit in the audience so it, it doesn't feel totally empty. Uh, another option could be that you speak to an empty room, right? And speaking to an empty room totally feels strange. It feels awkward. But remember, oftentimes the, the shots of from a demo video are going to be you on stage. They're going to be a tight shot of you. So in many situations, you may not be able to see the audience or see much of the of the stage. So we've actually seen several demo videos where we're kind of watching it and later you're like, wait a minute, they, there was no one else in the room? One of my demo videos from a couple of years ago that I'd use, it was a big audience, big room, but it was a tight shot of me on stage the entire time. So really, mm-hmm. like you had no clue how many people were in the audience. There could have been five, there could have been 5,000, but you just didn't know. So you can use a, you know, a tight shot of you in an empty room and that can, that can work just fine. And one of the things, you know, sometimes people will ask here, like, is it dishonest to be doing this, right? The fine line I always say is you are reconstructing a gig when you're doing this footage, right? You know that you speak, you've spoken in front of audiences, you just don't have the footage. So it's the same way that a model might take shots that are not for a campaign. They take headshots or an actress takes headshots. Now, they weren't doing that for an actual campaign. It wasn't for a client, but it it's the kind of thing that they are capable of doing and they're showing people that this is what I do. So when you're setting these things up, make sure that you're reconstructing. Don't fake something that's not what you do. Don't create this insane stage at your local theater with 15 lighting guys and pyrotechnics if that's not what you do and if it doesn't represent what you do. If you usually speak in front of, in a boardroom, then being in an empty boardroom is not 
that you're you're creating an environment that's not real. You're just reconstructing something you've done in the past to create footage to, in service of your audience. Right, right. And again, like just to kind of reiterate something that we've touched on several times is your dim. This is version 1.0, so it's not mm-hmm. the permanent one that you're going to have forever and ever. So you may say, okay, I don't have. I've done a bunch of speaking. I don't have any footage, so I'm going to again recreate something and use some of that footage to get started. I know my first demo video was footage of me speaking at a local church youth group. It was in a very dark room. The audience, the acoustics were bad. The audio was bad. The lighting's bad. It, it wasn't ideal, but it was enough to show like, okay, there's something there. I, I can see that this guy is a is a good speaker. And that that's what I had. So I used that for like six months until I had some better footage. And then I improved the demo video. And then I had some better footage and I improved the demo video. And so again, working with what you've got and improving as you go. But again, or most event planners, especially if they're going to pay you, they want to see something before they're willing to put you on stage and willing to take that risk. Because like we've talked about before, anytime someone puts you on stage, they're putting their neck on the line. They're putting their reputation on the line. And they just, they typically want to see something to get a gauge of if you're actually, you, you know what you're doing before they, they're willing to, to let you do it. Yeah. So our analogy before about the mechanic in this environment, totally. the event booker is bringing someone else's car their boss's car to get fixed. So they're going to have even more scrutiny, even more concern. They're going to really want to make sure there's a lot on the line for this. Are you capable of delivering what I need for people who are important to me to make sure I keep my job, right? So you want to make sure that you're at least giving them a a good sense of, of what you can do. Now, so uh, I know you and I both mentioned that in our first demo videos that we both edited them themselves. Because again, sometimes people think like, okay, I have to hire a full-scale production crew. I have to have all this bells and whistles. And the reality is is that you don't. So you have really two sides of it. You have the the shooting side of it, and then you have the editing side of it. And the shooting side, it could be as simple. And this is something we talked about with Wes back in episode 56. But he talked about how you could actually shoot your whole video just using an iPhone, right? And the the phones that we have today, like they're amazing camera quality. So he really gets into like the technical specifications and aspects of that, of making sure that you're, you know, holding it horizontal, not vertical, how to make sure that you're recording the audio properly. But you can absolutely just, you know, borrow. I know for me, I borrowed a camera from a friend uh, at the time, just set it on a tripod at the side of the room. So you don't have to, again, have like a full scale video production crew. Another time I had a gig, I remember in Dallas and I was wanting to get some new footage and reached out to someone, I think on Craigslist, like a couple days before. Uh, and they came and like, Hey, I'm going to edit it all. I just need you to shoot it. And they set up like a couple cameras for a few hundred bucks or whatever, and just gave me the footage. And I, I edited it from there. So it could be a friend. It could be just, again, an iPhone. It could be, you know, you could find someone on, on Facebook, but you could do that side of it. What did you, did you do anything for uh, getting the footage initially? Yeah. So one of the things I did when I was first trying to build my first reel, and, and again, I went through the BPS program. So this was part of that whole process for me. I, I did a couple strategic searches online. So I searched for my name, including various misspellings on, on YouTube and Vimeo, right? To find if other people had uploaded footage, maybe they recorded me. I did find some stuff that I could use. And I just did a quick Google of like how to download YouTube videos. You right. put the URL in, there's plenty of free tools to download that footage. I reached out to some gigs that I had spoken in in the past where I knew that they were recording, even for internal purposes, and asked if they'd be willing to share. So that helped me get access to a couple bonus pieces. Although, you know, this is going to require some follow-up and some harassment of people, right? You're going to have to email a few times. But that helped me get like a good base. And then I spent some time collecting and finding 
photos that had been sent to me, photos I was using on social media on my website so that I had sort of this base of assets that I could construct together and, and form as a video. As I mentioned, I, I did edit it myself. I found free music online or you know royalty-free music I could purchase pretty cheaply. And I edited it using iMovie, uh, which is a, just a free editing program that comes on a Mac. It's super intuitive for someone who... I'm not a producer or an editor of video by any stretch, but I spent about a day and a half, you know, over the course of a few weeks, just working on this video, making some easy edits. And, and I was able to put something together. And as we said, it's not my proudest accomplishment in life. You know, it's not, not going to win me any, uh, any awards here, but it did, it kept it the works. job done. Yeah. You know, it works. It shows what I've got. And I used it for a few months and then I had more footage. I made another version and it is a living document. So you could do something similar, you know, use what you've got, find what you can put together your best, your best piece and then move from there. Yeah. I know for me, the, the very first one I made was using Windows Movie Maker, uh, which I don't mm -hmm. even know if that's still a thing, but I uh, use that at the time. I do a little bit of light editing here and there for some stuff. Uh, and then we use ScreenFlow, which is for Mac. Uh, there's another uh, software called Camtasia for PC. So mm -hmm. any of those would work. They're all like super, super simple. Like you mentioned iMovie as well. Just really, really basic drag and drop. If you're going to have someone else do it, I mean, you could use reaching out to potential like local journalism, video, film student at a local community college your local school that might be able to help you out. You could also look through like Fiverr or through Upwork, even just asking around on Facebook. It may be the type of thing where, hey, my you know my cousin dabbles in video editing. He's not the best in the world, but yeah, he wouldn't mind doing it for a hundred bucks or something like that. So just kind of asking around of, hey, I have some footage that I need someone to edit. Could someone, you know, could someone help me with this? Now I would say that if you're going to have someone else edit it, it's really, really important that you pick out what clips that you want and how you want them pieced together. So what I wouldn't recommend is giving, you know, all of your footage, here's a 45 minute talk. I need you to turn this into two minutes of really cool stuff. You know, like they don't really know what an event planner is going to be looking for. They don't know, like that's the first time maybe they've seen the footage or haven't really even seen you speak. So I know like when, for example, Wes edited my current demo video, I was very clear on like, okay, I need, you know, this timestamp to this timestamp. Okay. Then we need to go to this timestamp to this time. Cause I knew kind of the flow that I wanted to have there. And I just need someone to put it together and make it look pretty and add some flavor to it. So, so you can certainly outsource that part of it, but make sure that you're clear on what it is that you want to be included in the video. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe you send them this episode, right? Maybe yeah, they could listen to this it. episode. They'll get some tips, but yeah, definitely tell them what you want that video to be. Tell them what, you know, the timestamps and all of that would be super helpful. If this is your first time, you know, working with video editing, it's better to be more specific than less specific. Yeah. So literally have a document open and write down from one minute and 32 seconds to one minute and 47 seconds yep. where I'm doing this. I want that, right? Be super, super specific with what you want. And, and just remember that this isn't a tattoo. This isn't a lifetime commitment. It is for now. It is with what you've got and you will continue to grow and improve and revise as you go. One other thing too is uh, you may consider having multiple demo videos. Again, if you speak to a couple different audiences to have a couple different types there. One other thing that I've seen some speakers do is they may have like a three minute version, but then they may also have like a 15 minute version that is two or three longer segments that are kind of pieced together because there's going to be, let's say in the initial decision process for speakers, an event planner may be looking at 10 speakers. They don't have time to watch, you know, 15, 30 minute clips of everybody. They may just want to see two, three minute clips, but then they narrow it down to the top three 
three and going, okay, I like it. I wouldn't mind seeing a few more minutes there. I don't want to see the whole talk, just a few more minutes there. So there may be a spot on your page where yeah, I don't think you have to have this. I don't currently have this. I don't have a longer version, but you may ha consider having a, a 10 or 15 minute version of the talk that if people want to watch some longer clips and that may be less of a, you know, a chopped up version and more of a, again, like a longer 10 minute segment. That's just a tight segment of your presentation or, you know, something along those lines. Absolutely. And the other thing to keep in mind too, is that, you know, these tips that we're giving, this is assuming that again, you're just starting out, you don't have footage, maybe you don't have the budget as a rule of thumb, as you move up, you're going to change the way you have your priorities, totally. right? At some point, it's going to make sense for you to hire a professional, you know, and really put some budget behind really filming it, getting higher quality video, higher quality audio, using a real camera instead of an iPhone, you right. know, getting footage that you have control over instead of footage you had to rip from YouTube somewhere. Right. So, you know, this is a journey. This is a process. You will move through this at, at different paces. And at some point, your video will get better. It will get longer. It's all a process. So work with what you have now and know that at some point you'll get to make different creative decisions about the reel that you're creating. I think as one final note, I just want to know I, a lot of times when I'm reviewing videos of speaker reels, I see that people will upload it as like speaker reel as the title. And what you want to keep in mind is that the title, if you're uploading this, even if you're putting it behind a, a password or it's a protected video or something, you're only showing it to certain people, keep in mind that your title and your description are just as much a part of your demo reel and your marketing and branding yourself as the video itself. So you want to have your name in there and you also want to have the type of speaker that you are. So if I upload my video and it just says speaker demo, and Grant uploads his and it says, you know, Grant Baldwin inspiring students to achieve their best keynote. Like his is going to be searched for much more often. It's going to have many more keywords that are leading people to this video. And it's going to leave a much better impression than anyone who's viewing that. So think about how you can best describe yourself. Make mention of your audience, make mention of, of your website. You know, all the information someone needs to book you should be in that description and make sure that your title and your description are doing the hard work that you've already put in to building the video itself. One other thing to mention too is on the uh, at the end have some type of contact title slide. So if, if someone's watch if someone just finds you on YouTube and they don't they have no idea who you are and they're like this is really good. I you know I can think of an event where we are looking for a speaker and there's no contact information, uh, you might send them on a little goose chase trying to find you. So put your website, put your demo video, or put your um, your website URL, your email address, maybe a phone number at the end of, you know, to learn more about bringing Melanie to your next event, please visit, you know, dot, 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 whatever. So including some type of contact info there that gives them some type of next action item if they want more and they're interested in hiring you, uh, show them show them where to go. Make it as easy as possible yeah. because the reality is if they have to go on a goose chase, the more likely scenario is they will not be chasing any geese for you. <laughs> not for they you. Not. So ultimately, like we've, we've talked about here, like there's a ton of variants in, in speaker reels. Some are shorter, some are longer, some have tons of videos, others rely more on something different. So it, it, there's a huge number of variables that go into making your demo video. So there's no right or wrong way to do it. Make sure that you do it with excellence, do it to the best of your ability and, uh, Go out and book some more gigs, my friends. All right, boys and girls, that wraps up today's episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Melanie. Again, all things demo videos. If you have other questions about demo videos, please don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know. Also, if you haven't already, make sure that you join our free Facebook group. This is a uh, group with over 10,000 speakers in there. So make sure you stop by and check that out. You can go over to the Speaker Lab group 
thespeakerlabgroup.com. Again, that's thespeakerlabgroup.com and check that group out. We'd love to meet you there. I'd love to connect with you there. All right, that wraps it up. We'll catch you next time, my friends. You're awesome. <laughs>